Hi guys, it's episode 36 of the RSS podcast. I'm David, he's Matt. Bro, why, like, how, how, I think I'm just accustomed to hearing hey, David, David first. How, how you doing, David? Mate, <laughs> do you know what's so bad? How normal it felt? I was just like, I'm yeah. David, he's Matt. Yeah, I've done that so many times though. Welcome everyone. It's episode 36 of the Real Sports Science Podcast. Um, nice. Because of the confusion, I'm David. He's a Matt. It's episode 36. Matt, nice. how you doing? I'm doing good, mate. I'm doing very good. Um, <laughs> after butchering that intro, I'm doing very good. I couldn't be better, actually, David. Um, I might listen to 30, episode 35, 34, part one with Jake Smythe to learn about actually starting from who's, bottom floor and then going back up. Uh, who's who? Definitely just, yeah, trying to figure it out, mate. <laughs> Um, no, I'm, I'm very good. Jealous of David because it looks like I'm in a prison right now whilst David is uh, living the life in somewhere in Switzerland. Yeah, San Maritz at the minute. I've been here. Though This is my, I came Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. This is my third full day <laughs> um, here for a week at an altitude camp for British Athletics Endurance Group. So there's, well, there's less and less people here because it's the back end of the camp. And I think we'll we'll probably talk about this more maybe in in the next episode but it's been absolutely amazing just like the things that i've learned got to experience i mean san maritz is absolutely gorgeous as well it's on the border of switzerland and italy and it's 1800 meters so it's no joke went for a run yesterday and absolutely got buried (laughs) but then once in a while hmm? I was just wondering, why were you going on a run? Were you preparing for something? Oh, well, if you listened to last episode, you would know that maybe we've got a, a RSS podcast marathon coming up. I'm going to have to do a lot more runs to prepare for that, though. And so, then, so David uh, and I, <laughs> it could be coming up quite soon. And David and I <laughs> aren't that prepared compared to Jake. So it will be a very... So what we're hoping to do is I do a half and David does another half, maybe. Wait, hey, yeah, we just tag team it. Yeah, 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 and then we'll, we'll just Jake. switch out each kilometer. That's not a bad idea. We'll just go. we'll go How? we'll go. You go, I go for each kilometer until we hit forty-two or forty. Yeah, there you go. That's we'll go athlete, S and C coach, sports scientist. Who's yeah. who will finish the marathon first? Nah, we'll do it as a team. We'll do it as a team. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's been incredible. We're on the border of Italy and Switzerland. We drive from eighteen hundred meters down to three hundred meters on some days because there's a track down in um in Chianeva, which is in Italy. Um and and we sometimes train down there. But and by me, I mean the athletes and I watch <laughs> and help out with some some physiology stuff. But anyways he, he watches from the corner just Yeah. Just with a little camera, just checking their plantar fasciitis muscles out. <laughs> plantar because he's not allowed within grounds. That's not even a thing, <laughs> is it not? Ah, uh, same thing. <laughs> Anyways, it's been unreal. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about it a little bit. But another thing we did that we haven't talked about because it's been a couple of weeks already. Fit Expo. We were at we were in Manchester. What's that? Two weeks now already ago. We were in Manchester with CNP doing, uh, well, helping them out at the fitness expo there. Unfortunately, Matt and I couldn't be there the same day. So I was there Sunday. Sorry, Matt was there Saturday. I was there Sunday. So we, we tag team that. 
How was Saturday for you? Saturday was awesome. It was uh, quite lively. Um, felt weird. I was actually taller than the Stoltman brothers, which was quite interesting because people were trying to tell me how tall they were. But uh, <laughs> so it was nice to meet some of them, um, short fellows. But uh, I mean, actually, I'm very sorry. I'd love to have <laughs> for, them on the podcast. Actually, for anyone who about. doesn't know, the Stoltmans are not smaller than Matt. <laughs> no, I am six foot. Um, <laughs> so they are like seven foot. Um, <laughs> If you can't tell, I've managed to get out of my bedroom and now I've got a wheelie chair, hence why I'm swiveling around. I just noticed that as well. I'm like, trying to watch you. They've decided to to give me a fun little chair at prison. Um, Nah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I just, like, I'm grateful CMP got us out there. It was nice to meet the fellow athletes because we're labeled as athletes. Stop it. Um, Not much of an athlete, but athlete. Um, So it was nice to meet the rest of the people. So it was good. They might drop us after they see us attempt a marathon and be like this is embarrassing yeah. get these guys out of here no but it was yeah. it was unreal it's so cool getting to know them because they're a smaller company um but everyone that works there you can just tell that they're really excited about it and passionate about growing it so uh i think it's been why are you smiling i don't know i don't know <laughs> matt long days for matt it's what nine nine Wait. and he's he's falling apart yeah no 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 you know why i'm smiling but carry on i've i've no idea oh yeah okay never mind then yeah no no no. i'm I'm caught up i'm caught up no nice to meet everyone nice to get to know some new people uh might make some make some fresh connections which, which has been great but no what i wanted to say is just a huge shout out to cmp um for i guess seeing yeah just seeing uh, the value in the podcast, right? Because we had some chats with them. They said, yeah, we'll, we'll bring you on board as kind of ambassadors. And now they want to bring us on full-time. Um, full-time sounds like we're working for them. We're not. But supporting us in what we do. Um, and uh, and it's so cool because we're obviously new, right? A- as far as podcasts go, we're small. We don't have a massive yeah. following on Instagram. So to see that a company sees value in what we do and thinks that we bring value to them is is really, really cool. And so a huge shout out to Courtney to kind of to go to bat for t- huge shout out to Courtney who went to bat for us at the beginning, you know, kind of making those first connections to John. Huge shout out to John and the rest of the team for getting us involved, seeing the value in us. And I think seeing kind of the potential that we see in the podcast as well and, and things that we want to do in the future. So no, honestly, huge shout out to CMP. They've been amazing. It's been awesome getting to know them. We can't wait to work with them in the future, moving forward and just kind of see where that relationship takes us. So yeah, that that's all I wanted to say. Just a, a massive shout out to them. And, and cause you, you always need me to summarize David um i'll just be here for the summary of that uh thank you cmp um <laughs> what was yeah it? What so was it? uh ouchies tight no ouchie cold no tight no ouchie hot yeah ouchie no tight cold if you clearly don't know i didn't make it simple enough episode 33 go check it out clearly i didn't make it simply enough for you david what's this one <laughs> ow cold <laughs> Oh, stretch it out. No cold, no cold. There you go. Um, into this topic, though. This topic is unlike that topic. The topic we have for today is does does participating in sports impact mental health? So at, initially, what we'll look at is just participating in sport. Are there, you know, does it help you feel better or does it 
add pressure um because i remember you know doing pe in schools i could tell that you know obviously i was um decent in academics decent is what we'll say um so sports i used to love it pe oh, gave me a chance to shine and show everyone who i really am and my expertise um but then i could tell some people who were more academically inclined really hated pe like some people who weren't coordinatedly as gifted as I was, um, hated Pete. But no, like in all seriousness, it was just, so I just wanted to dive into this because I just got reminded recently working at a school, I see some kids, they really like to get stuck in when there's like a football or rugby or tennis, mm. but others, they don't really. And I wanted to see, I wanted to just find out on the internet, look at Google Scholar, see some articles, speak to some people and see what they thought. Um, so yeah, we'll just talk about if, um, obviously we've understand we i think we spoke about participating in sport actually improves helps academic importance but also right. uh, helps academic performance but also has been seen to help um you know health fit, fitness health you know well-being um yeah. so yeah it's so, such like, an interest it's interesting isn't it because that was a good point they brought up like me i love pe if i could do pe all day i'd be like sound say less but yeah, for people who maybe don't just don't enjoy sport or self-conscious stuff like that, like it could be pretty detrimental. And so for you, like when you said is sport, was it does participating in sport impact mental health positive or positively or negatively? I would first reaction reading that. Yes, it does. Question answered next. Right. But that's a that's such a good point. Obviously, not everyone enjoys P.E. You know, we know that physical activity because, is really good. Um, but what about participating in sports? What if you're not really into sports? What do you do then, right, to get the benefits? So uh, interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see kind of what, what you found. To start off with one sort of study is, uh, you know, by Dor et al. in 2018, years participating in sports during childhood predicts mental health in adolescence, a five-year longitudinal study. So, David, as a PhD student, does that make your ears perk up when it's a five-year longitudinal study? Five-year longitudinal yeah. study. Oh. So, participant, there was 318 participants, 58.2% of them were female. Uh, reported participation in sport every four months for over five years from ages 10 to 11 to 14 to 15 years. Each year they were categorized as recreational or performance sport participants or as non-participants. Mental health was assessed at ages 15 to 16 years old. So some results of the study, um, a recreational sport profile for a greater for over two years was associated with bent, better mental health compared with zero years of recreational sport participation. The strongest association was observed for a recreational pro sport profile of four to five years, essentially saying the more sport you do, the happier you are. Big smile. Um, I wasn't able to get what sort of like mental health assessment tool they used. This could have been anecdotal because um, I'm not sure what, what's that one where, I can't remember the exact name of it, but I, this probably was just anecdotal, like just check up on them or I'll yeah. double check and find a tool. If they did the tool, I'll put it right below here. Um, <laughs> Usually, you, so is this like Google Scholar, did did you just read this from the abstract? Is this basically the abstract? No, I, I or, had a look at or the... Or do you have the app, actual paper? I'm going to check in my folder. I should have the actual paper, which should have the actual thing. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, it'll Because be you there. can find the whole methods part. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you could use that Sci-Hub, that Russian website that gives you all the papers you need. You don't have to pay for it. What? Um, so, and then the next result was a performance sport profile for over one year was associated with better mental health in late adolescence compared with zero years of performance sport participation. The strongest association was also observed as well as before four to five years. So essentially the message from this that I can take is even if you haven't been doing sports since you were what ages 10 to 11, as they started mm. here, if you start when you're 14, 15 or 15, 16, there is still a mat. What they found out of those 318 people is there's still like still can benefit your mental health. So if you're too worried and this can be, I'm sure if they, there was a study where they did it later as well in 18 years old, I'm sure it would reflect upon that and mirror sort of the results they found in this study that if you're going to a gym for the first time, and you're worried. Yes, okay, it's tough, but over one year, if you just keep at it, you will see the mental well-being sort of benefits that it can bring and advantages. Really, really interesting. I think whenever, when like qualitative studies, so 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 not that something that doesn't use numbers that uses like mm. questionnaires and stuff. So most mental health. Um, or like psychology papers use qualitative instead of quantitative, which is like just measuring something with numbers, like how fast you go or something. Um, obviously, like you got, it, I'd be really interested to read this paper to see what they used and, and kind of the measures that they took and even like the difference between the two, because you do need to be careful when when reading qualitative uh, studies because you know it's shown that no one is or most people aren't truthful when they're doing when they're doing studies like a, a survey or something so there's a bit of bias there huge bias if they say you know i i did this amount of exercise usually it's actually way less or like what's your mental health you know and it's difficult to see how hmm. they assess themselves. And then if they assess themselves one day that they assess themselves in the same kind of way, or like, what if somebody just had a, a bad day, a bad morning, right? Yeah. What if they just had a bad morning before they did the test or before they took the questionnaire? And then, so they, oh, they marked down their mental health way lower, you know, not saying that it's a bad study. I think I've, I mean, this it doesn't surprise me that they said you know recreational or mm. performance sport improve mental health, but I think just as a a rule of thumb when you're reading these kind of studies, you if you can't actually go in and see how they measured it, you know what was the actual differences between scores between the two groups, uh, you just have to kind of tread with caution um, and, and don't make another any, thing like, I'd mention. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, another thing I'd mention is that one difficult part as well is that in a study like this, say if there is an outlier, like, yeah, say 60% feel great, or no, no, 70 or 82% feel great, 10% of those, they're like, oh, yeah, it, I was a bit nervous, but then that 8% could be dreadful, but it wouldn't show. You can't get that sort of how bad actually were those 8%, you know, and why. And then also, I don't know how you'd, how would you look at mental health as because mental health you can't really put it into numbers can you do you know what i mean no no that's why it's qualitative 
Um, so yeah, they'll yeah. probably have like some sort of scale, like on a scale of like a seven scale, like strongly disagree, disagree, somewhat disagree, neutral, mm. agree, somewhat agree, agree, strongly agree. So scale of basically one to seven. And then they'll have a bunch of questions like what at, regarding mental health. And there probably won't be yeah. a question of like, how is your mental health on a scale of one to seven? There'll be several questions that kind of try to pinpoint and then give you an overall score at the end. Um, and yeah. And, and then just to, so like one, one thing you said was that you agreed with um, like, it wasn't a surprise that sports does impact mental health. And, and I think one thing that relates to what we do, especially as we deal with sort of performance athletes Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we've been subjected to many stories like one we mentioned in the sporting news recently that a lot of athletes suffer from mental health problems. Yeah. So another study that I found was um, titled The Association Between Participating in Non-Competitive or Competitive Sports and Mental Health Among Adolescents, mm-hmm. uh, a Norwegian population-based cross-sectional study, Bristol et al. 2017. The aim of this study was to examine the association between participation in non-competitive or competitive sports and mental health problems among Norwegian adolescents. So there was 10,571 people used in this study. Uh, Aged 13 to 22 years were examined. Uh, The strengths and difficulties questionnaire was used for measuring mental health problems in the form of total symptoms, scores and impact on daily life. Uh, participation in sports was categorized as follows one not participating two participating in non-competitive sports and three participating in competitive sports sports were divided into individual and team sports weekly exercise health healthy diet and number of friends were investigated as mediating factors and age gender and perceived economic status were controlled for the in for in the analysis um so i definitely suggest everyone has a look at this paper uh, we'll post it at the bottom of our Spotify or YouTube because it is quite interesting. Um, and one thing that was found, a key thing that was found from me was that adolescents participating in either co- non-competitive or competitive sports had fewer total symptoms and less impact of problems on their daily life compared to those who didn't compete in any sports. Essentially, in particular, participating in team sports as opposed to participating participation in individual sports seemed to be associated with fewer mental health problems. So that's why I love rugby uh rugby 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 uh weekly exercise healthy diet and number of friends were found to be part partially mediating factors explaining some but not all of the association between participation in either sports groups participation in competitive sports especially was associated with fewer mental health problems so that goes against what i was thinking and i'd love to look deeper into the discussion and understand why some of the reasons and the ideology behind that um because Initially, I thought competitive sports, I guess, as a whole, you, you would, you'd hear more negative stories than positive stories in sports, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Like out of 20, 15 players on a rugby team, 14 might enjoy it, but they won't say how much they enjoy it. The one person who obviously is struggling will probably speak out about it more. So I guess that could be it. Yeah, that's true. They always say like, like somebody will say when they don't like something faster than when, when they do like something yeah it is it's, mm. it's interesting it's such that's a such a i mean that's such a difficult question but like we were talking about um we were talking about social media just before 
before coming on. And that's a big reason of why maybe there's like a lot of mental health issues in high kind of high caliber athletes. Right. So I, and I don't, I think social media has been shown to have a negative impact on mental health, but then again, it all just depends of how you're able to manage that, the support network. I think this study kind of talked about also friends and we talked about earlier kind of the participation in sport on mental health of how that can not only help you physically, which will have, which will improve your mental health, but also you're immediately in this group of individuals who enjoy the same thing as you do. So you have that community, which is huge, I think for mm. mental health as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of studies going like these are a little bit older, 2017. When was that? And yeah. 2018. Um, 2018. But again, like these studies, like a five year longitudinal study, you know, they it came out in 2018. They probably finished it in 2015 or 2016. It took them two years to actually figure out the data from it and then get it published. So um, it's like science is when something comes out, it's been done like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Which is one of the difficulties of like, I heard someone who, who was it? I forget who it was talking about like being, I think like a big thing, especially in SNC or like injury rehab, a big like hot word or like, hot, I don't know, hot word or whatever is like being research led. Oh uh, yeah. Think, and I think that's important, but and in some, I forget who it was. And it was like, well, we're never like research is always, you know, by the time a paper comes out, it's, it's old. Like there's new research coming out all the time. I, I heard that on and Joe like, Rogan's podcast. Oh really? And you're like, you're never Someone you're said it. saying your research led is actually bad. And I wouldn't agree with that, but you do have to, I think there's like this balance, right? Because as a clinician, you're probably, you have ideas before you can back up those ideas. So you you need to be you need to be research led because you need to be doing things that people have a, a better understanding that this actually works, right? But then you also need to balance that with also coming up with your own ideas, your own critical thinking to implement some other things. And then that in itself that drives the research forward. Cause then you're like, okay, well, let's actually see if this works with some study. It's so it's such an interesting like balance between the two isn't it that's a that's a difficult thing as well it's like as you said like you don't clinicians or like you know doctors trying to put a, put a study out or an article out they want to be careful they want to make sure that it's all correct they don't want to pump out crap essentially so then they take time on processing all their data they take time on in their discussions just going through all the reasons why and there may be possible future researches uh, research that can be done but then at the same time, they don't want to be last to be the ones to release that sort of information. So then do they just pump out shit early? Do you not, sorry, not pump out crap early. Do you get me? Like they don't want to be last, but they don't want to be first because then they've yeah. done a rush job. I There's mean, so many other studies out there that get <clears throat> taken away immediately. Like some, I can't remember what the stat is, but it's crazy. If you look at the amount of studies that get published compared to the ones that stay published. Do you know what I mean? No. As in like, so, so many papers get published daily on all these array of different topics, but then the ones that actually are, sorry, cited again, used in further uh, papers because they are actually quality um, right. instead of yeah, not yeah. get pulled, but like 
just don't get used again. They get lost in the void just because they're not as good or because they're incorrect. And yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about incorrect. I guess there's there's poor science. Yeah, so definitely yeah. when you're looking at at papers, you always want to try to go for high quality journals. Um, but then again, like some of the low quality journals just have, have great papers and great information as well. I think it's about like knowing kind of how information from different journals fit into kind of the knowledge that you're trying to build up. Right. Because some, like, for example, training studies or like SNC studies or, or phys, physi, physiotherapy studies often don't have like the scientific rigor or scientific depth to be published in like the journal of physiology, like the European journal of physiology or, or the journal of applied physiology or something like that, like pretty high end journals. Um, just because they need to have a bit more scientific depth to them. But that being said, it doesn't mean that those are very, very important studies that people even like me and even like you as an SNC who work very practical, they're very important to mm. you, right? So, yeah, I don't know about the like, I think studies can studies can be done poorer or better, but all science is, I think, informative in some sort of way. You just need to know how it's informing you and kind of the weight that you can put on that study. And and not one study should, like, I don't think you should ever be fully informed by one study mm. because there's there's probably 10 studies that show the complete opposite thing or slightly different or because it's not quite in the context that you're working in, you know? So it's such an interesting one. Yeah. But just science takes a long time to do. So you've, you've probably had times in your job as an S and C coach where, you know, you take ideas that you've read from studies, but then also have your own critical thinking and being like, actually for my context, this works better or I've actually come up with I've taken this exercise and kind of tweaked it to fit my context you know and you don't really have hard scientific evidence that backs that up Mm -hmm. but but you've you've kind of drawn from different things and you've come to your own conclusion right yeah yeah no 100% yeah I I wouldn't say you got to broaden it. You can't just do a half job and just look at one study and then be like, yep, I'm doing it word by word. You know, you can draw conclusions from different studies and develop your own, to be fair. It's a never stop learning world, is it? Um, and yeah, it's sort of going. <laughs> I was trying to figure out a way we could bring that to sports um, back to like the impact of social media on sports. <laughs> But well, there's no it was a massive tangent but it was, it was just interesting because like all we yeah. uh, all we're doing is looking at papers you know and yeah what yeah. does it say and i think equally it's important to pick out the good things about papers and it's and it's also important to know the limitations of papers so mm. that so that you can understand how how you're going to be led by that paper or or not you know 
Yeah. Yeah, no, um, like, I guess, the ne- yeah, you're right. The next the next part of this um, is something David mentioned earlier was social media. And I, as you said, with these papers that, you know, probably took two years to come out, does it include social media? And the the fact is we're seeing recently, we're in 2023 now, so many things have come out about the the benefits but then also the massive drawbacks of social media mm-hmm. like you're looking at some big pros and cons there like i can think of a couple so athletes for example or clubs they get to use social media to bring fans even closer like i mean covid you know we're, we're all dying for sport we still get those videos pumping out i remember you know getting to watch rugby and then getting to still be involved even though i couldn't be there in the stands still be involved with the team and how they're all doing you know to see how they're yeah. running during covid times yeah, and I everyone mean, loves like behind the scenes stuff, right? Like I love following athletes and seeing behind the scenes stuff. That's so cool. And without social media, getting an insight of their lives, without social media, that wouldn't that wouldn't be possible, would it? And even from a practitioner's point of view, like I, I SNC coaches showing what they're doing with athletes, or athletes even showing what they're doing with their programs. I mean, I saw. France Rugby post on their um, Instagram just a clip of, you know, what Fre- uh, French uh, rugby or French players putting in work in the gym. And it was just a uh, reel of all these different exercises. And I was like, oh, that one's actually pretty good for a lock who's looking to build some stability in their core with an overhead press. That exercise is really good. And then I can draw from that and then as a practitioner use that and then in turn benefit my player. So that's a massive positive that I can have for social media. Um but then with that, there also comes negatives for these players. So these players get to build their own brands. So say you get 10 years in this sport, let's say. You spend those 10 years playing the best sport you can do and also doing a bit of social media on the side. Players like Jack Knoll, who create Mustard, I think, which is a clothing brand, you know, they they can, once they finish, or a bigger one, Conor McGregor, wasn't killing it in the way well, he still was, but like now he's just made so much money off proper 12 whiskey because of who he is. If he just did that back in the day, no one knew who he was, he wouldn't have sold that much. So it allows these athletes to use their, use their ability in sport to create a brand, their own personal brand, which then can extend to the, you know, the money Mayweather team, Floyd money Mayweather. So now he's got an old brand, his own personal brand that he's managed to develop and pump into new ideas, new concepts. So with that, social media does, I guess it does help, but then there's big drawbacks, aren't there, David? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, social media can become all-consuming if you let it, you know. Also, you have, everyone has immediate access to you, you know. You are, unless you switch it off, if you have social media, anyone can, or mostly anyone can contact you at any time or say whatever nasty thing they want to say on you. And it's, and it's in your face all the time. So absolutely. Like, I think, I think it's too bad because social media can be such a tool. And like you just pointed out there, if, if it's, if it's used correctly and you know, it, it can just, it can help you so much. I mean, look at us, we use social media. I mean, we're not, we're not killing it. But we get to, you know, but without social media, we wouldn't be doing this, right? And we wouldn't yeah. be able to connect with people all over the world. And hopefully, as time goes by, more and more people, right? Um, but it can be all-consuming. I think especially if you're a high-level athlete, then you have immediately an open door for people, for people just to absolutely hammer you. 
you yeah, know, and, yeah, and, and, I, and, and, and that's not even just for athletes, but that's just for anyone, anyone doing anything can just get hammered by anyone, right? Say nasty comments. Um, and maybe the last thing, just not for, for athletes, but for everyone, like and people say this all the time, but Instagram specifically is such a highlight reel, right? Like you, you hear that all the time, but it is so true. Like you just see the best parts of everyone's life on it right like yeah well i'm not gonna do you know what i mean i'm not gonna sorry for an example i'm not gonna post me just at work just sat down doing nothing you know i'm gonna post when i'll go on holiday that's you know and i think that's with everyone yeah exactly exactly and there's nothing wrong with that like that's great Mm -hmm. like you get to share these awesome experiences that you've had on 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 instagram or wherever with people who follow you like we're with the world basically that's amazing but I think it's when, when you, I don't know, when, when does it become bad? What it's when, it's when you start, what compa- makes like, it bad? And ex- I'll give you an example. One thing I thought about recently was, you know, I, I, I like going to the gym and I think I'm doing all right. And being on social media has all I get is, you know, I like gym videos and I can appreciate someone who's lifting, you know, it's 200 kg on a bench. But once it's just a constant pump. And then you start thinking to yourself, okay, why am I seeing just so many different people with the body that looks great with the hitting those mm-hmm. PRs? Am I just like not doing as good as I thought I was because all of these people have got it or I wish I could be on holiday. Jesus Christ, all these people are on holiday. They're all doing yeah. like, why can't I be on holiday this much? Why am I not experienced this, this stuff? I think it gets then. And that ties into perfectly with what something Jake was saying on our recent episode you've got to stop comparing yourself to others. So you can't be comparing because in reality, you've got to take the understanding that they're not doing that the whole time. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Unless that's their job to travel the world. So it's definitely when you compare yourself, isn't it? Yeah. It's, It's when you start comparing yourself, then it's game over. Or when you see something and you think that's their life all of the Mm. time, that's when it becomes dangerous or not dangerous but but yeah dangerous i will say it yeah dangerous yeah say that one um, <laughs> but yeah and and it's like uh even even for athletes like the constant scrutiny and criticism can make it difficult for them to maintain focus do you know what i mean like if we're looking at an athlete perspective um in the sense that like they can build their brands going on something i was saying earlier they mm. can build their brands but then they can also just be not even playing at their best because they're too worried about what's happening on social media and can yeah. let it get to I them. think there can be there can be like also come with almost a pressure. It'd be interesting yeah. to ask athletes about it, like almost a pressure that to do well and to succeed, you have to build a successful social media platform. Like what if mm. what if you're just not into social media or you don't have the time or the resources or you're not, you're really just not bothered. Like, do we live, is, has it come to the point where you have to do that? Yeah. To be successful. And that could be quite, I mean, that could, what if, what if you're struggling to build a following on social media and you see all the other athletes with hundreds and thousands of, of followers and everyone has the blue, the blue check mark or whatever it is now. Yeah. You know? 
Like, does that, that put would pressure quite... on you to actually stop training yeah. and focus on that blue tick, trying to get that blue yeah. tick instead of what you actually fell in love with first, which is sport, you know? Or yeah, you, I've, I've definitely that felt that race. not as a high level athlete, but just as like a regular person who have seen like, you know, oh, this person has this many followings. And then, you know, in a year or a couple of months later, it's like, oh, wow, they've exploded. Like they have so many more followers, but mine hasn't gone up. Like what's going on, you know? So yeah. I definitely think. Well, I mean, could we, be... we've had a chat about that on the podcast uh, surrounding the podcast Instagram. And we? we go, oh, that guy, that yeah. person's podcast has blown up. Why hasn't yeah. ours hit the same? So yeah. I, I think it's just a very, I'd love to, yeah, I think it's very interesting to, for that's us to even have a think about that. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Absolutely. Like I've had sometimes, like we didn't, we started the Instagram not at the very beginning, what, like maybe three, four months ago, maybe, yeah. maybe four months ago or something like that. And we're only like, what, we're all, we're nearing 300 followers, which yeah. on one side is like. I mean, it's really nothing compared to compared. There we go again. But to compare to other other people, and you're totally right. We've had conversations where we're like, like we're putting in the work, we're trying to be consistent, and there's these other people who have way more followers than us. Yeah, why don't and, we like Joe maybe, Rogan, man? Come on, fix <laughs> up. We need to sort that out. Nineteen hundred episodes, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you no, know what I you know what when I yeah. struggle with that when I struggle with that yeah. I always remember that like I think what keeps me going it, at least podcasts wise is I feel like I'm getting so much out of the podcast and doing it even mm. when, like when we have this chat getting to research meeting people we talked about it I think I mentioned that in last week in part two of Jake Smythe's is like we've gotten to have such good conversations with people. So like at the end of the day, I would love it if it exploded and we became huge and we got a thousand followers this year, because if we get a thousand followers, we're getting frosted tips, which I think would be hilarious. So get us to a thousand followers so we can, we can do that. Um, And I love, I obviously love to see that happen. I think the podcast really has potential for it, but but like I think I get I get so much value from doing it as well, and so for me it's like, who cares if we don't have a hundred thousand followers or a thousand followers or whatever? Like mm. I get so much out of it um, and I, I from think the conversations about, that we've got to have. Yeah, and I was I was just going to develop onto that um, is the fact that like, say we're talking about uh impact of mental health uh, sport can have on mental health or social media me and you have a discussion on that which we share mm. with other people but it also allows me to actually go oh i never actually thought about that when you bring a point to me which then i can speak to my dad or someone else about which then develops a conversation for them which then if there is another conversation that surrounds them and sports and mental health and social media then they already have the ammo essentially for that conversation which then sparks on new conversations so it's like a ever-growing domino effect really which is great um so i'd 100 percent love to ask the ask questions to further athletes um and a question i want to ask you quickly now david is um, a little red light, green light question, or what's it? I haven't even figured out. We need to figure out a name for this section, but I'll figure it out somehow. It's yeah, because we have quick fire questions, but we also have red light, yeah. green light, or like. But I've taken that from someone else's podcast, so I don't like it. So sorry, but um, <laughs> we need to switch it into our into sports science. 
it's some sort of we could just talk science term yeah lactate or no i don't know um um so the question is what is your opinion on people who bring tripods into the gym i can't like i film in the gym as well so i can't even say anything about it but here's here's what i'll say here's what i'll say i don't like i don't care if you film great and if you get a better angle from videoing yourself with a tripod fine just don't just like be considerate of other people using the gym right maybe don't put it in the path of like the main people you know keep it on your platform if you need it if you need it to be on someone else's platform ask if they're okay with it don't be a dickhead if someone gets into your shot don't yell at them because they're just trying to work out that's what bugs me. i saw two clips one clip of a girl um who's so kind she goes up to this person says i'm 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 just videoing and the person's like oh sorry i'll get on she goes no 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 no. i just thought i'd tell you and i just want to yeah. see if you're okay with me filming and if you're in the background you look lovely like you stay there you're fine there i just want to make sure that you're okay with it and i thought fair play you know what nice person then i saw someone else giving people that side eye and like screw face like kissing the teeth and all when they'd walk and put weights back in their right place in front of a mirror but just because that person's filming that what's that's what gets me annoyed yeah but also and, and on the other side of that as well though like if if you know people are filming and you know some people that's their job like they get paid to do that right so also be respectful of people filming you know if you see someone going for a max lift and you notice there's a camera there maybe yeah like just keep your head on a swivel right like don't walk in front of it you know, it's it goes it always goes both ways. Both ways. Like, yeah. don't be a dickhead and just be obnoxious about your filming. That that girl, I saw that video as well. Unbelievable! Like, ask, make sure so people nice. are okay with maybe being in their video. Be okay with people being in your video, and also if you see someone filming, don't be a dickhead. You know, like yeah, just be reasonable. So I think I think I, what, I saw yeah, just, I saw one I saw one of this person and they were doing like a, a video outside like because they're running or something and and they sat up and there was a man sat on the bench behind them and it, it, like i keep going back and forth of like who i thought you know could have handled it better but basically she asked the man who was already sat there to move because she didn't want him in the video and she was like oh i'm like i'm on live you're ruining my video like can you move and he was like no <laughs> if, if she like she like, approached just... that terribly then probably yeah yeah she should have been like hey like are you yeah because he was already there like relax yeah. you know like be like like that like that other girl be like hey uh i'm just are you okay with being in the back of my video i don't mind yeah. like you know, I don't know. But anyways, it turned into this whole argument. And then the guy was like, well, now I don't want Strap. to move because you're yeah. being a dickhead. Yeah, you know what I mean? Which is also kind of silly. But no, the pop. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I, I don't mind because I do it as well. Just like be respectful both ways, I say, you know, like, yeah, be considerate. Awesome. And 
just to finish this podcast, I thought I'd give the people of um, a little update on what I've been doing and some good news for you guys. So cool. today I recently, um, so I've been applying for jobs and uh, I got an email back from Army West Point in America and I didn't even make it past the email stage. So this has been episode 36 of the RSS podcast. <laughs> We're out. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> Sweet. I thought you were, we're going to tell us that you're moving to move into the states. No, uh, no. Nah, nah. Do you want to hear another good one? Uh, no, I, I think I might end it there actually. No, what's the other good one? What's the other good one? Oh, the other good news is um, let me pull it up just so I remember who they are. Um, Harvard Westlake School. Um, so I applied there as well um, for some SNC, so like for a sports performance coach um thank you so much for your interest and you can probably read between the lines basically i didn't get it so that's two on the two on the bounce in one day so it's a great day going for me this has been the rss podcast i'm definitely out (laughs) (laughs) could we end the episode like that is that legit how we're ending it I'm going to the, go to the swizzle. The swizzle and... chair is no longer swizzling. That's for sure. <laughs> I shall be going on social no. media right now to put myself deep into a hole. <laughs> oh man, but job job searches suck though. Mm. Keep on it though. Do you want to say it one more time? What episode is this? Thirty-six. We're out. Bye, David. Okay.